live from our studio in Babson Park, Massachusetts, it's the Fred Opie Show, where we unpack history to positively impact the future. I am Fred Opie, your host. Thanks for joining us live or listening to the podcast. Imposter syndrome. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. Imposter syndrome. You can Google it when you get finished listening to this. All right, so I'm talking to one of my mentees yesterday, just graduated from college, and he is now in that transition to looking for a job. So I asked him, have you recovered your sleep from finals week? Are you feeling like a college graduate? And one of his responses is, once I get a job, then I'll feel like a college graduate. And I sensed in our conversation something that would be quite normal and something that I could relate to. That is a feeling of insecurity. I don't know about you, but when I'm starting out something new that I've never done before, no experience, I feel insecure. And I often feel like an imposter. So I'll give you an example. I was not a good high school student for many reasons. Immaturity, ADHD, a lack of structure, many reasons. And I didn't do well. When I got to my senior in high school, I applied to roughly five schools, got rejected by everyone. If you've been listening to this show for any amount of time, you'll hear me talk about my experience of having to go to a community college. I went to Herkimer County Community College. It turned out to be a great experience for me, but I certainly would not say it was my first choice. It was plan B because I didn't get accepted to the schools I wanted to. Shouldn't have gotten accepted to the schools I wanted to. So I spent my two years there. I was, at that time, clearly focused on sports and not on getting an education. I got my associate's degree. Did not have a good GPA. I think a 2.3, something like that. The minimum necessary for a Division I school to give me a scholarship. And I earned an athletic scholarship and admissions to Syracuse University after those two years. So I went on to Syracuse. I worked my butt off because I wanted to be eligible, still not focused on school, not focused on life after school, focused on winning a national championship. I graduated from Syracuse with, again, about a 2.3, 2.5, a C-plus average, and that's with a lot of work because I still had that learning disability, and I certainly had more discipline, but I was highly motivated. I wanted to be eligible to play sports, and I finished my degree. Once I got out of school, I knew I wanted to be an educator, so I spent time as an educator, and I was teaching physical education and coaching and doing things I loved, and I began to mature, develop, begin to read on my own. Let's fast forward almost 10 years later, and I decide it's time for me to go to graduate school. I actually have a plan now. I want to get educated. I have a career I want to pursue. I want to get a degree in history, so I do that. But I still have this past of these low grades from high school, low grades from junior college, low grades from my undergraduate degree. So I apply to school and I get in on probation. I went to Shippensburg University, got my master's degree in history there. But they had to let me in on probation because my background looked that shaky on paper. I proved to them that uh, I could do the work, did rather well. 
I went to apply to PhD programs. I decide now I want to get a college degree, be a college professor, write books and teach, which is exactly what I'm doing right now. But I still have these low GPAs. I also have a undergraduate degree in education. And now I'm talking about getting a PhD in history. People who are going to look over my material have to make sense of this very unusual, untraditional background and this person's aspiration to get into some of the best doctorate programs in history in the country. Well, the first time I applied, I didn't get in, understandably. The second time, I took a different track and I got focused and I called up professors who I wanted to mentor me, work with me as a graduate student and persuaded a professor that I was for real. He went to bat for me and I got in to a PhD program back at Syracuse University. I had good recommendations from my master's program. I had a much more solid transcript from my master's program, but I got in. Let's fast forward again another almost 10 years. Yeah, I think it was 10 years. And I'm now a professor. I've written at that time maybe three books. And I applied to Harvard University. I'm up here in Massachusetts. And I applied to a postdoctoral program at Harvard University in which as a person with a PhD, you get into the program. They give you funding to take the year off from school to write research and to be on the faculty, as it were, as a visiting professor. And I get in. Harvard actually lets this guy in with all of this baggage in my background. And I'm on campus at Harvard, got my own office, have research assistants. It's the real deal. And for the first semester, I felt like an imposter. I felt like someone's going to find out about your background. They're going to realize you're a fake. You're a fraud. Don't let this guy into this program. Big mistake. So for that first semester, I felt like an absolute fraud. Somebody's going to find out you don't belong here. They're going to find out how low your grades were. They're going to find out you barely got out of high school. They're going to find out you barely got out of junior college. They're going to find out you barely got out of your undergraduate degree and that you got into a master's program on probation. You're a fraud. You're an imposter. They're going to pull off the mask and you're going to get busted and get kicked out of here. Well, I've come to find out that some of the most successful people, people that certainly have garnered much more recognition for their work than me as academics, have the same feeling. You feel like you're an imposter. And I said this to my mentee, you are going to feel like an imposter. There will be jobs that you want to apply to, and an imposter syndrome will keep you from applying to that job. Use that feeling as a motivator instead of something that will hold you back. Even though I have continued to grow professionally and get better, still make a lot of mistakes, I still feel that imposter syndrome creep up from time to time. It's the reptilian kind of part of the brain, the part that just wants you to survive. And when you're in a survival mode, you often will not reach out, take calculated risks, and do things that you could do. Many of you may feel like an imposter 
in some areas of your life. You may feel as an imposter, like an imposter, like I sometimes do as a dad. Inadequate, not able to make the right decisions, feel like a failure. As a husband, as a brother, as a colleague, as I get older, as somebody managing your family's finances. Well, imposter syndrome is real. The question is, what will you do with it? Make sure that you equip yourself with the most information. When you feel this, this feeling come across you, and it will come across you, still does with me, talk about it. Talk about it with people that love and care about you. Get it out in the open. Secrets lead to sickness. So if you are feeling that imposter syndrome and you don't take the time to get it out, it could make you sick. You could become depressed. And in some ways, in some shapes, in some forms, depression can be an over fixation on yourself. So get out of yourself. Get it out of you. Talk to yourself the way you would talk to a friend if he came to you and said, or she came to you and said, I feel like I'm an imposter. Talk to them with the same kind of love, empathy, and care. Talk to yourself like that and talk yourself into what you want to do because it's the right thing to do. So imposter syndrome, it's real. I don't think it'll ever go away. I've just learned how to deal with it. Public speaking terrifies many people. I tell them, just do it nervous. This is something I learned in athletics that we would have big games and I'd be all kind of nervous. Well, I said, do it while you're nervous. Let nervous be normal. Imposter syndrome can be a feeling, but it doesn't have to control your action. So I hope that helps somebody out there. And if you know somebody who needs to hear this, send it to them. Send them a link to it. I think I talk about imposter syndrome in my book, Start With Your Gift. Take a look at that book. It's available as a Kindle audiobook and as a paperback. And you can learn more about what I'm doing at fredopi.com. That's it for this edition of The Fred Opie Show. Thank you for joining us. Check out the show archive at fredopiespeaks.com, as well as our books and other content. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.